Yes, a slap. Just a tight slap altered the course of history. One would-be Nawab and a legendary banker crossed their path on a fated morning and history wrote itself. Welcome to my podcast Art Beyond Canvas. If you like to listen to my podcast, please click on the bell icon and follow me. It was the final days of Ali Bharti Khan, Nawab of Bengal. He was old and sick. He was expected to pass away any day. and the entire province was nervous about the possible successor sirajuddaula the grandson of the nawab the inflammable temper of the young man was known to everyone the debauchery of sirajuddaula was also legendary he supposedly sent his confidants to the river banks when women would be taking bath any beautiful woman would be picked up by them right from the river bank and delivered to sirajuddaula for his carnal pleasure Sirajuddaula wanted to attack his nephew sometime back who was also a claimant of the throne of the Nawab after the death of Ali Bharti Khan. He wanted to attack Purnia to organize such a mission he needed money and the supplier of all the dates across the country were the Jagat Sheth who was supposedly a massive banking entity way larger than all the banks of England at the time. When refused Sirajuddaula got angry. and slapped jagat seth and also threatened with circumcision jagat seth was murdered fear anger and vengeance boiled inside the banking community against the upstart grandson of the nawab we shall see how such a slap turned the game diametrically reverse the british was nervous too about his taking over of the throne of the dying nawab Sirajuddaula particularly hated the English and were close to the French therefore the English was panicked that after the death of Ali Bharti Khan Sirajuddaula might attack their establishment hence both reasons an impending French attack and the future nawab Sirajuddaula prompted them to decide to go ahead with raising the walls they took a chance In this confusion of the existing nawab's imminent death they assumed that nobody would notice their fortification but as soon as the work began Sirajuddaula's men took note of it and informed him about it In the meantime the old nawab relieved his final breath and Sirajuddaula ascended the throne What followed is a complex twists and turns of events But in short, Sirajuddaula quickly attacked all his erstwhile rivals and was finally heading for Purnia when the messenger he had sent to the East India Company trading station to sound a warning against fortification returned humiliated and upset, saying he was dismissed by the company officials without any respect. This flared up the characteristic fury of the young Nawab. He turned his army around and headed for the company trading posts. In swift strokes, Sirajuddaula's army vanquished the British posts of Koshimbazar and Kolkata. But the story did not end there. It was just beginning. This news reached England and the headquarters of East India Company decided to send the right man for salvage, Robert Clive. There were reasons for choosing him. without any military background 
he had shown some great war spirit during his previous stint in madras when the british and the french fought the other reason was his blowing up of all the money he earned in india to buy a rottenborough a parliamentary seat representing thinly populated constituencies by threatening or bribing the small population he was eventually evicted from the parliament due to the unethical way he adopted to get elected but to bribe his way in he had blown up all that he had earned hence this ambitious and rather greedy young man would have risked everything to regain the lost fortune exactly that he did clive arrived at calcutta the trading post was devastated by the recent mughal attack he assessed the political mood of the time quickly sirajuddaula had managed to antagonize more or less every subject in his territory he had demoted the commander in chief of his father mir jafar and appointed a replacement The resentment and anger boiled throughout the ranks of Sirajuddaula's court. To top it all, the eternal kingmaker of Bengal, the Jagat Sheth community, desperately wanted to unseat the new Nawab. Mehtab Chand, the Jagat Sheth of the time, never forgot the slap anyway. The equation was unsettled. By the way, Jagat Sheth was a title given by the Mughal emperor to the boss of the Marwari banking community. Hence, uh, there were the following characters on the stage of Bengal with their own agenda. Robert Clive was looking for whisking away as much wealth as possible to make good for his loss in bribing into the parliament back home. Mir Jafar was desperate to exact a revenge against Sirajuddaula for getting demoted from the role of army commander jagat sheth was waiting to settle the slap the slap never stopped tingling his dignity sirajuddaula was drunk with power and pride oblivious to the dangers lurking around his throne you can imagine what happened next it is no brainer to guess that jagat sheth and mir jafar joined hands and decided to use the english army for taking on sirajuddaula but clive was not an easy partner to deal with clive wanted money in exchange of his support mir jafar with the backing of jagat sheth agreed to offer an astronomical sum of 232 million pounds in modern equivalent to the company on successful removal of sirajuddaula from the power of course mir jafar had to play his part as well the army under his command would betray the nawab in the battlefield after all clive had hardly 3000 soldiers and the nawab had 50000 finally clive managed to overpower the nawab and his massive army mir jafar was made the next nawab of bengal as a puppet of the east india company and finally clive received his agreed money In a short while he loaded all his acquisitions on a ship and left India for good. Of course the major part was passed on to the company and the rest was his own share. Who got the money is immaterial but the fact was the wealth that changed master was way too big for Jagat Sheth as well as Mir Jafar to run the province. The English turned into de facto masters of Bengal, Bihar and Odisha eventually. 
the nawab kept changing at close frequency the directors of east india company in england was still puzzled that the enormous earning that came from india was not from trade but from war and politics and it is then that the idea of true colonization grew root in english mind the whole affair had a bright spark of potential to drain the entire country out of its reaches they were capitalizing just the tip of the iceberg by the end of 1758 clive wrote to the directors in england i can assert with some degree of confidence that this rich and flourishing kingdom may be totally subdued by so small a force as 2000 europeans well clive was right that was the beginning of shaking the pagoda tree had sirajuddaulah not slapped the marwari banker east india company would have remained a bunch of merchants had the anonymous intelligence report i referred in my earlier episode not landed in the boardroom of east india company the walls would not have been raised had ali vardi khan remained alive for just a little while longer things would not have cleared up the way they did i shall not go into further detail of what transpired next in bengal soon the jagat sheth realized that he fell from frying pan to fire the english whom he hand held and brought in were actually sweeping away all they could and sending everything back home beside the company any white skinned man with company badge was extorting the common folks they were forcing the indians to buy things at high prices bankrupted british men were roaming the land in the hunt of accumulating enough to reset their lives eventually as the whole country fell under the spell of the company it was even easier to make money and more money trade too was paying way more than it did during the early days because the supplier was the subject who had to sell the goods at the prices the buyer come master fixed it was not a free market it was more like the buying price of an item is almost nothing because the supplier does not have the right to charge the buyer hence at whatever price the goods were sold in the world market would bring almost 100% profit Actually indigo revolution happened exactly due to that reason the farmers were compelled to grow indigo and sell the master at a prefixed price and later that indigo was sold across the globe with enormous profit the profit went back to britain this is how a few merchants came to rule the entire country and extract all the riches available to send back home Ironically the same foggy island that was 33% of global economy at the time when East India Company's merchants were setting their feet on Indian soil was controlling the lives of a quarter of the population of the world in early 20th century the difference between the moguls and the british was in the intention the mughal came to settle in india the british came to make a fortune and send that fortune back home their home remained england not india and they made their home wealthy at the cost of india now the question is did they not do things on indian soil that remained long after they were gone yes they did they started the factories to produce saltpeter and gunpowder in india they began the manufacturing of silk 
they started producing coins of standard size and shape made by machines until then in mughal days every province made their own coins and such coins differed in size and shape the jagat sheth community assigned the exchange rates resulting in good enough confusion british started copper mining also it was the british who came up with first reliable maps as well as dictionary in fact the first newspaper in india the bengal gazette was published by an irishman who actually used the platform to blast the company itself soon he went to jail and the newspaper was stopped If we look at the reasons of such development we shall see that most of it was inspired by the central goal of the british to further their own interest of capitalizing the available resources of india to the maximum for instance the roads and buildings that grew up around the fort in calcutta were stronger and more hygienic this is because the average lifespan of the europeans in india was two seasons they needed to set up a more conducive atmosphere for the incoming employees the black town as they called away from the fort was not taken care of hence it was no philanthropy in their part similarly the setting up of observatory as well as producing of maps was driven by the desire to scan every inch of the land so that they would not miss any resources they could squeeze the coinage of course made their own lives easier some influence of the intermediaries as money changers like jagat sheth could be dispensed with the railway network was needed to carry goods of british interest around hence the railway network was planned mainly to connect the site of production to the port or the port to the market this did not help the indian business community for transportation inside the country postal system was essential to ensure smooth communication among themselves without the knowledge of what is happening at the far corner of the country how could they rule and extract their profits and dictionary of course it was imperative that they had to learn the language of the land or else how could they control the natives hence a dictionary was a must In fact the Asiatic Society was established to explore the route of the Indians in 1784 that was great but for long 45 years Indians were not permitted to be members of the same it was in 1829 that the doors opened for Indians now if we look at the revolts that happened in close succession during the British rule we shall know that the whole affair of british was to encroach as much land as possible so that they could extract the maximum revenue and also squeeze away maximum profit out of almost free resources of labor and raw material sepoy mutiny of 1857 erupted due to religious reason but eventually led by disgruntled feudal chiefs or queens or rajas then there was a the tribal uprising like santhal rebellion or indigo revolution as we spoke already all of it revolved around land either it was forced labor imposed on the farmers or it was buying the produce at unfairly low prices or simply imposition of absurdly high revenues that caused the unrest after all since the days of renting a village of bengal british knew very well 
that they were sitting on a gold mine from where they could scoop away whatever they liked without paying much of price a kind of easy source of fun and raw material at a later date during the late 19th century the british opened schools and other educational institutions where indian kids could be educated the wealthy and elite of the indian society sent their kids to study in such places youngsters wanted to be like the british in fashion as well as manners such style elevated one's status in the society but soon they began to see the flaw in their judgment even if they grew british like in every respect the important avenues were closed for the indians high positions in government service had such stringent criteria that usually the indians could not get access clubs hotels even entire lanes were barred from indians indians had almost no say in the policies employed by the government hence as a whole the british remained perfectly focused on their goal they came to india to earn their living and go back to their homeland with the riches they could grab during their stay but just imagine had sirajuddaula not slapped the banker the british might have gone back soon empty handed but well as fate had it some other sirajuddaula would have slapped some other jagat shet perhaps after all luck was smiling on the british those days however this podcast is about art not general aspects of history but i spoke so much about british india because art took a curious turn during this period now that we have a clear picture of the backdrop we are in a better position to understand why the artists who came into the theater of art in india after ravi verma days painted the way they painted so wait for my next episode the bengal school is about to declare war against the european style <laughs>